Hey, Mommy, look, it's the Schoolio Podcast. Welcome to the Schoolio Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Davis. Homeschooling might feel like uncharted territory, and you might feel a little terrified, but you don't have to. Because Schoolio is here to help you and your child be successful on this brand new journey. It's our mission to bring you the best content, tips, tricks, and so much more. We'll be interviewing award-winning experts to help you have the best school year yet. Whatever you need, we're here to help. Thank you for choosing Schoolio. Nice to be in orbit. All right, here we go. Welcome back to the Schoolio podcast. I'm so, so excited that you're joining us for part two of Burnout and Homeschooling. Last week, we talked a little bit about what burnout was and some of the signs that you can look for when it comes to burnout. I talked a little bit about my own experience. Listen, if you missed it, go back and listen to it because it's a good prelude to this amazing episode that we have for you right now. The truth is, we always could use an expert's opinion, and that is exactly what we have for you right now. We have an incredible expert. His name is Hamza Khan, and he is here to help us with burnout. Welcome to the show, Hamza. Deeply honored. Thank you. You should feel very privileged because <laughs> <laughs> it is going to be an award-winning podcast shortly. I'm, I'm, I'm No gonna... doubt about that. Yeah, You've got the absolutely. dream team working on this yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Um, all right. So- This episode is two of our two-part series on burnout during homeschooling. Uh, So today we have you, our expert on burnout. You are a multi-award-winning marketer, best-selling author, and global keynote speaker. You also teach courses on digital marketing and social media at Ryerson University, correct? Correct, correct. That is amazing. And you also wrote a book called The Burnout Gamble? Yes. That's awesome. So definitely the person that we want to be talking to about burnout for sure. Thank you. That's very kind of you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, it's so interesting when, when you call me the expert on burnout, part of me just winces a little bit. I cringe a little bit because I kind of wish that I wasn't the expert on burnout. And maybe the reason why I became the expert on burnout, or rather the path that brought me to becoming the quote-unquote expert on burnout is one that I look back on with mixed feelings. On the one hand, as somebody who's prided himself on being extremely productive, as building up a reputation of being able to take on multiple concurrent ventures and initiatives, to have burned out the way that I did in 2014, and that was the last major episode of burnout, to have burned out the way that I did in such spectacular fashion, in such public fashion, I don't feel great about it. But I do feel like I have been entrusted with uh, perspective, experiences, and insights on burnout, and not just lived experiences, but having synthesized experiences of others into my research and understanding of burnout. I feel like I do, I feel like I am being called by a higher purpose to, to help others uh, avoid burnout, to recover from burnout, and to inoculate themselves against burnout. And so all of those things that you mentioned that I, that I am, the things that I, that I do, the sort of titles, speaker, author, educator, marketer, entrepreneur, all of those things. You know, I, I'm very grateful that I get to, to do that at the level that I'm doing at today. But, you know, it's not without deep reflection sometimes about the journey that got me to where I am right now. And it, 
it was a journey characterized by a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of embarrassment. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to, to get into that a little bit. Wow. That's really amazing. And I, I really love that you realize just how much that pain and that hardship brought you to where you are today. You know, a lot of people would kind of fold up in a ball and give up on life or have a very negative attitude towards things. But you come at it with such an amazing approach. And Jamie, it took me a while too. And I appreciate you saying that. It did take me a while to to come to terms with it. At first, when I burned out, there was a lot of disbelief. I was stewing in a negative cocktail of emotions, anger, resentment, frustration, embarrassment, guilt. It wasn't a good scene, that's for sure. When I burned out the way that I did, you know, I had to take a hard look inwards and ask myself, what did I do wrong? What calculations did I get wrong to arrive at this place when I thought that working hard and working tirelessly, putting in the hours that I was putting in, uh, amplifying the work and sharing it on social media the way that I was, subscribing to hustle porn for lack of a better phrase, you know, just getting involved in posting these things on Instagram that said, you know, I'll sleep when I die and the beard never retires and I don't have a nine to five. I have a nine to, I have, <laughs> just, just ridiculous, ridiculous stuff that I was posting. And I still have it on my Instagram as a reminder of sort of the negative and, and, let's take it beyond negative, the toxic thoughts that I subscribed to at the time that brought me to the place that I was. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely have to look back at those times, look back at the way that I was moving through the world, the way that I was thinking, behaving, the things that I was doing and, and, and ask, you know, ask myself now with, with, with the advantage of hindsight, was that necessary? Could I have still become the person that you described at the beginning of this interview right. without having exerted myself to the degree that I did? And that's, you know, that's a question that depending on what day of the week you ask me, I have a different answer for. Right. So do you think, you know, you mentioned how you would post those things like, oh, I don't sleep, you know, and just kind of the hustle. The hustle is so celebrated in today's society. We don't want to rest. We don't think we should rest. We think we need to go, 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 go. And if you're not going, you're not proving what you're made of. If you're just relaxing, you're, you know, kind of, looked at as maybe a failure. Do you think that aids in why so many people are stressed, tired, and burnt out in the 21st century? Oh, there's no question about it. And I I don't think there's much that I can add to your description of it. If I had to synthesize, I'm sorry, uh, distill it down to one word, uh, that word would be enough, right? People don't feel like they're enough. Hamza doesn't feel like he's enough. Jamie doesn't feel like she's enough. Satish doesn't feel like he's enough. We might, we might, profess that we are enough and that we're loved by family and friends, but there's still a part of us, even for the most self-actualized and content people, there's still a small part of us that is graded up against by uh, the modern economy. We live in a, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this in North America, if you're listening to this in Canada, the United States or wherever you are, there's a good chance that you are participating in a marketplace, a free marketplace where your value is tied up with your level of productivity and how valuable you are to your employer, how valuable you are to your employees, to the marketplace, all really comes down to your productivity. And the more you produce, the more valuable you are. That's typically how it goes. Where that gets dicey is when you don't have limits, when you don't have constraints, when you don't know when is enough for yourself, for your business, Mm -hmm. and for the world at large. And and we're seeing now, you know, the, the, the follies of that way of thinking. You're seeing organizations that have misstepped throughout the pandemic. You're seeing uh, uh, you know, the extremely wealthy being exposed for their greed. And you know, there's signs all around us that we've been long overdue for a revision in thinking. We've been long overdue for a great reset. 
that doesn't just uh, need to happen at, at, at the marketplace level, but it needs to happen first and foremost at the individual level. I think that if enough Jamies, if enough Hamzas, if enough listeners begin to look inward and say, you know what? this is enough for me. And, you know, I am enough. And, and the market doesn't really get to dictate what I'm worth to myself, what I'm worth to my friends, what I'm worth to my family. And maybe I don't need to go above and beyond the way that I have in the past. Maybe I don't need to burn out in the process of, of achieving some version of success has dictated to me that has been prescribed to me by society at large. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we can all begin to live in ways that are more healthy, live in ways that are more conducive to not only um, mitigating burnout, but actually, as counterintuitive as this sounds, actually be more productive in a sustainable long-term way. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Now, we're obviously a a podcast dedicated to homeschoolers. Mm -hmm. You're talking about how, you know, employers and such, we feel we need to impress our employers. So we work even harder and harder and harder because we want to prove our value. Now, how does this translate, do you think, to homeschooling? How can homeschool parents, um, you know, how can they not get fatigued, not get burnt out? How can homeschool parents keep themselves from doing just that, proving themselves to everyone? Because I know for myself, especially as a homeschool parent, that you want to prove yourself, especially to other people, because you're always going to have somebody looking down your neck thinking like, oh, well, they're not, they're not doing a good enough job, right? So how can, how can we help the homeschool parent that's out there listening right now that's feeling a little bit burnt out and they don't want to feel burnt out? How can we help them? I'm glad you asked that question. If I could first approach that from the perspective of, you know, what does this look like for the students? Well, I think I can zoom out even, even further back and say that, you know, first, Accept that it's okay to not be okay, that if you're not feeling okay, if you're not feeling at your best, that is a perfectly normal reaction. We're not just simply working or studying from home. We're not just simply homeschooling um, from home. Yeah, well, sorry, that was, that was already implied within the phrase homeschooling. Uh, everyone listening to this podcast, depending on when you're listening to it, there's a good chance that we're still in the middle of a global pandemic perhaps a triple pandemic if you factor in social unrest in the economy. Mm -hmm. And we're barely coping with existence. We're barely coping with the level of ambient above average stress that is causing us to walk around and experience a level of pressure and frustration and anxiety and dread that is, uh, you know, existential. My goodness. It's amazing that any of us are productive right now. The fact that you and I are recording this podcast in the middle of this is remarkable. I mean, it speaks volumes to the human spirit and our tenacity and our grit. But when I think about what is necessary to recover from burnout, it comes back to a revised, a revised definition of resilience. You know, resilience has typically been described as, uh, you know, the ability to adapt to and withstand stress. But I think this context that we're in, uh, is forcing us to rethink or maybe amend, not necessarily rethink, but amend the definition of resilience to be productivity sustained over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. And so with that being said, to get into the weeds and to get into some specific tactics for parents that are homeschooling, I will say first and foremost, avoid the compulsion to work harder. Okay. I know that you are working from home. I know that you are shouldering more responsibilities that you have in the past and that Mm -hmm. you are also now responsible for augmenting your children's learning experience because they're not just simply sitting in front of their laptop, tablet, what have you, and 
learning from their uh, teachers, but you're now sitting side by side with them in many cases and helping them after the fact. And so you are now putting in more than the amount of time that you would put in in a typical pre-pandemic workday. In fact, studies have shown that the pre-pandemic workday is actually three hours uh, shorter than the, the pandemic workday. So on average, parents are working way more than professionals. I'm, you know, in, in the situation that I'm in right now, I don't have any children, but had I had any children, I would probably be easily putting in 12 to 15, 16 hour workdays. Mm -hmm. And you string enough of those together and that is a surefire recipe to burn out. For sure. So when you feel that pressure to get more done because you feel guilty about working from home, when you feel mm -hmm. like you have to rise to a certain level, um, don't give in to that. And, okay. and go back to that word that we talked about just a few minutes earlier, Jamie. What is enough for you? What is enough for you? What is enough for your, the teachers? What is enough for your children? Mm -hmm. uh, define that and stick to it as much as possible. And then I would say also at a time like this, it's critical that we watch our media diets. I mean, forget about logging onto social media. Yeah. Logging onto the internet right now will probably expose you to something stressful, a news article, a meme, a video, that yeah. hustle porn that I alluded to earlier. You might see a message posted by another parent, uh, you know, somebody who is a parent of, of, of uh, one of your children's friends boasting about their ability to shoulder more responsibility. And you might feel guilty because they're promoting this toxic idea that they're super people. For sure. That, that is something we have to stay away from. So be, stay away from things that will disrupt you. And then, you know, uh, th this one seems obvious enough, but it's worth repeating. Prioritize self-care no matter what that looks like. You know, shower regularly, work out at home, dress up like you're going to work, eat healthy, get enough sleep as much as you can, read, play video games, talk to your friends, family, lean into the healthy things that restore you and fill your energy buckets. And don't feel guilty about doing that. Don't feel guilty about doing that in the middle of the day just because you feel like you need to be tethered to your desk working a nine to five because that's what the model was in pre-pandemic times. Yeah. And if I could just add one more thing to that, Jamie, seek help. Not enough people are doing this. I know I'm not doing this and I need to get better at this. I need to lean on people. I need to lean on people financially, emotionally, spiritually. I mean, in so many ways that we're afraid to ask for because we think that everybody is going through this to the same degree that we are. And while that is true to a certain extent, I think what is going to allow us as this sort of collective mega organism that is the human species to pass through this pandemic and sustain that long-term productivity is if we learn to lean on each other and ask for help. So, you know, when people ask me nowadays on calls, hey, Hamza, how are you doing? How, how are things? You know, yeah. in, in years past, I would respond, oh, I'm good. You know, let's, that's great. Everything's good. Let's yeah. move on to the more transactional elements of the interaction. But now I have no problem saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing that well. Mm -hmm. I'm okay. I'm healthy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy, but you know, seasonal affective disorder is happening and you know, I'm worried about what's happening with the lockdown here in Toronto again, you know, I could be better. And mm -hmm. simply acknowledging that is very cathartic and it often invites the other person who's asking the question to also participate in sharing those feelings. And, and this way we empty our bucket of stress um, and we pool it into something that is outside of us so that when we, you know, emerge from that interaction, we actually feel lighter. We feel like we're holding less stress in our bodies. Our shoulders drop a little bit. We unclench our jaws. We let go of our fists that might be bald subconsciously. So, you know, all of these things and more, Jamie. That's really good. I like that you share with us that we need to accept help. Um, you know, if you think about it, just even, I don't know, 50 years ago, families, you know, they lived together and communities worked together and it was really a village concept. Um, 
And that's where I believe the phrase, it takes a village came from. Nowadays, we are really isolated, especially now with the pandemic. Um, but even before the pandemic, people were very isolated in their own way, just from hustling and everything. So the fact that you're telling people that it's okay to get help and it's okay to tell you know, other people that they're not doing well, that's really, those are some really good points. It really hits the, hits the- Totally. Uh, yeah. And, and and so sort of naturally, this brings us to you know the context of the podcast. Thinking about Schoolio yeah. as a platform. Now, I promise the listeners, I've not been coached by Jamie or Satish to say this, but a service <laughs> like Schoolio is especially essential at a time like this, where you might be saddled with many responsibilities. Not only are you responsible for uh, you know the, the the job that you might be performing, but you might have a partner that might have been laid off or whose income might have been affected by the pandemic. Suddenly you are now helping your children uh, and depending on how many children you have, the difficulty and the time increases by another magnitude level. You're helping them with their schoolwork. You're probably trying to deal with the the difficulties of whether your your child is studying from home or whether your child is doing a sort of a hybrid approach, Mm -hmm. going to a physical school and then coming home and learning. There's all of the challenges associated with that and the testing. I mean, you have less time, less energy, and less attention than you had in pre-pandemic times. And so Mm -hmm. there's no shame in looking to a service like Schoolio, looking to any other service, whether it's a service that you know, uh, maybe you're doing more more takeout these days. Maybe you maybe you subscribe to a grocery delivery service. Things that you didn't think that you would do pre-pandemic, you now need the help. You now need to rescue some of your time, rescue some of your attention, rescue that energy. And there's no shame in doing so. That doesn't, you know, that if you ask for help, that doesn't make you in any way less capable, less honorable. These are very exceptional times, and I think everyone can agree with that. Definitely, yeah. Um, in your book, you say burn bright, not out. So what does that mean to you personally? And how can we translate that to our own lives, especially for homeschoolers? How can a homeschooler burn bright, but not out? Like, to me, burn bright is kind of, it kind of, I guess, just my way of thinking feels like, oh, well, that means I need to like hustle. You know what I mean? Like, get it all done, right? Like, shine. So what, what's your version of burn bright? Yeah, it's interesting, right? I've been asked this question in, in many different ways. And my intention in that phrasing was very, uh, was very precise. I didn't want to use the word burn brighter, just bright, bright enough. You know, when a flame burns, uh, even if it's a small flame on a small candle, it is still bright. And we don't need to, we don't need to burn any brighter than the light that we naturally have, that we innately have, that feels comfortable, that feels calm. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we use the phrase as problematic as it is. We use the phrase, you know, it's crazy. You know, how are things at home? It's crazy. How are things at work? It's crazy. How are things at school? It's crazy. And that becomes our default response to uh, a general disorganization. Yeah. So the phrase that I now try to uh, bring into every scenario in which I feel that above the shoulder stress, that pit in my stomach, that not like, oh my God, this is stressful or this is going to be really stressful. As I ask myself, what would a calm version of this looks like, look like? Mm. And that sounds so counterintuitive. If there was a younger version of Hamza listening to this podcast, they probably would have <laughs> laughed and been like, what are you talking about? Being calm? Being calm is actually being unproductive. That's what I might've thought at the time. Mm-hmm. But I come back to this Lao Tzu quote that I wish I brought into the book when I published it, but I only discovered it recently. And the quote from Lao Tzu is, a flame that burns twice as bright burns half as long. 
Wow. Right? A flame that burns twice as bright burns half as long. So do we want to be intense or do we want to be consistent? Because intensity at a time like this could prove to be devastating. Yeah. If you work intensely, if you burn the midnight oil, fire in all cannons, pull all nighters, work these 12, 14, 16 hour work days, mm-hmm. you know, juggling between work and homeschooling and balancing household responsibilities, that at a time like this, when there is a pandemic lurking all around us, if we compromise our immune systems, if we fall back into periods of inactivity where we can't be productive, that during a time like this could have permanent effects. Okay. So I think what we need to prioritize, not just during COVID-19, but long after, is consistency over intensity. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think about a strange analogy whenever I, whenever I talk about this. Um, are, are you familiar with uh, George St. Pierre at all, Jamie? Yes. A mixed martial artist, UFC Hall of Famer, considered mm-hmm. to be pound for pound, the best mixed martial artist in the world recently. Yeah, I think... It was this year or, or late, early last year where he was inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. You know, I learned in a podcast featuring his trainer that GSP never trains to failure, which flies in the face of everything that I've learned about peak performance and athleticism. You know, I thought that in order to be an, uh, excellent at what you do, in order to achieve a level of greatness in any dimension, any field, whether we're talking about if you're an accountant, whether you are a homemaker, whether you are a UFC fighter. It's not about pushing yourself far outside of your limits constantly. Like, yes, you have to gradually eke outside of your comfort zone and develop tolerance and develop a thicker skin and develop that calloused approach to life that makes you more adaptable and able to withstand stress. But if you're constantly outside of your comfort zone, that's where burnout occurs. When the level of difficulty in your life is overbearing and the amount of stress is frequent, that is when burnout occurs. So coming back to GSP, GSP's trainer said that GSP never trains to failure. GSP is always operating somewhere between the yellow and orange zone, never in the red zone. And that is what, that, that is what has allowed GSP to maintain his physical prime and to maintain dominance and greatness in the realm of mixed martial arts. So how do we apply that to the parents listening to this? How do you apply it as a podcaster? How do I apply it as an author, for instance? Mm-hmm. Well, if I want to write a book, do I cram that entire book into a one-week period and just never sleep during that one-week period? It's probably not going to be a good book, and I'm probably not going to finish the book. Or do I space it out over the course of three months and write a little bit every single day and give myself breaks and allow myself to recover and experience the elasticity, the mental elasticity, the energy elasticity that can put me back into the right headspace and right physical space to return to that work with creativity and ingenuity? And I think in all cases, um, people would choose the latter of the options. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I think I'm guilty of being someone who's just very like, I want to get it all done right now. Like that's just, that's how I've always been. I just always want to get it done. I want to get it over with so I can, I just, I always am going for something like there's some end goal, but since the pandemic happened, I've learned like, what am I striving for exactly? You know, so many people, they live their life and they just go, 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 go. And it's like, well, I'm going, when I retire, I'm going to travel the world. When I retire, I'm going to have fun. When I retire, I'm going to relax. But many times they don't even get there. So I love what you're saying that we need to just take a step back and let it go and just move forward, but not in a, in a race fashion, but in more of like a sprint. 
Yeah. And, and, and you know, you, what you just described right over there, Jamie, reminds me of a model that I advanced in the book, which is Phoenix burnout, P-H-O-E-N-I-X burnout. When you think of the mythical creature, the Phoenix, it does just that. It flames out, it burns twice as bright. And then what does it do? It just evaporates into ashes. Uh, it, it, it dissolves and it hopes to come back stronger than ever. And you think about you know, what your approach to working was like and what my approach to working was like right before the pandemic. I mean, many people listen to this podcast. We all know the feeling. We work tirelessly and we tell ourselves exactly what you said, Jamie. At the end of this year, we have that seven-day all-inclusive trip to the Bahamas and yeah. we're going to go there <laughs> and for seven days, toes in the water, ass in the sand, yeah. we're going to be okay. We're going to come back and feel fantastic. But what happens is you go there and you're so stressed out, that residual stress that you carried over from yeah. 300 and, and 354 days of working tirelessly then presents itself and all you do is sleep over there. And by the time you get back, you're nervous. You're thinking about your inbox. You're thinking about your responsibilities, your priorities. You're probably working on vacation and you come back from vacation. And the problem is the disorganization is still there. In fact, it's only accumulated and gotten worse. And so mm. my, my refrain for focusing on that word enough is something that really attacks the heart of the problem. And I think that there is a vested interest in a modern economy. And I'm saying this as a marketer because my entire industry is about making people feel like they're not enough, right? I know as a marketer, at a psychological level, what we're trying to do is make you, the consumer, feel like you're not enough. And so we mm -hmm. put messages out there that make you feel like you're not perfect enough, not efficient enough, not progressive enough, not satisfied enough, not innovative enough. And we irritate you just enough and say, hey, here's makeup, here's toothpaste, here's a car, here's an insurance plan that can solve your problem. And so maybe what I'm advancing over here is probably going to make my life difficult as a marketer, as it should. But if everybody just decided on their own what enough looks like for them, what does enough look like at home? What does enough look like at work? What does enough look like with my children? What does enough look like financially? What does enough look like in terms of our family's long-term vision? Then I think we can start to um, bring back like I said, rescue our time, energy, and attention and stave off the sinister burnout that is lurking just around the corner. That's wonderful. That's really, that's a really good point. So just look at your life and, you know, look at what is enough. Like I am enough. You're enough. Everyone is enough. We need to get out of that mindset, but it is really hard. I like how you told us to stay off of social media, especially because social media is really the place that drains so many of us. And a lot of parents, when they're, you know, not homeschooling or working or cleaning the house or doing everything else, they find themselves sitting on social media, which just adds to that stress. So oh, and, and social media is sinister. I'm sure that a lot of the listeners have already watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, and uh, yeah. they talk about it over there as well. But there's a real nefarious science behind social media. It attacks your limbic system. And when you think about what your limbic system is responsible for, it's responsible for memory, emotion, and arousal. My goodness. Just imagine having this tool intravenously plugged into you, even though it's not actually physically intravenously plugged into it. You see people do it all the time. It's just a reflex for them. They get into any situation that is uncomfortable the first thing they do is they whip out their phone. And even if they are not in an uncomfortable situation, if they have a moment of boredom, if they have a moment of relaxation, a moment of downtime, the first thing that they do is they open up their phone. And what yeah. they don't realize is that they're not actually helping themselves in that moment. They're overstimulating mm -hmm. themselves, further going down the rabbit hole of social media and not giving their mind and body the time to recover, the time that it needs to return to whatever they were doing before they accessed Instagram or TikTok and return to that task with return to that project, undertaking whatever, um, with their best selves. That's a good point. Yeah. And I, 
I think that's something we really need to share with people and get out is that going on your phone isn't going to relax you. So when you're not homeschooling, when you're not, you know, doing all of the things, just don't go on your phone. I think that's really like a, something that needs to be said and needs to be put out there for sure. 100% Jamie. And I'm only now fully appreciating the power of boredom. Yeah. Um, and there's countless research that backs this up. You can just type this in, the impact of, the, uh, impact of boredom on creativity, the impact of boredom on productivity. And you'll likely turn up with some Harvard Business Review article, um, you know, studies by Columbia University, so on and so forth, that show that there's a direct relationship between your ability to do nothing, to be truly at peace, to be alone with your own thoughts, and to be attentive to... Uh, your feelings and, and, and the world around you and that how effective you can be in whatever your projects and undertakings and endeavors are. Again, whether you are working from home, whether you have to go into the office, whether you're working on the front lines, whatever you're doing, whether you are a teacher yourself, whether you are homeschooling your children, your ability to be fully present and effective in those moments of performance depends on how well rested your mind and body are. Wow. That's wonderful. That's such a, I just, I'm so thankful for the wealth of information that you have for us. Um, so before we close off this podcast, what strategies can you share with us to help a parent that's already in burnout? So we already have somebody who has been struggling. They really pushed themselves too far with homeschooling or with work or just, you know, anything. And they're exhausted. They're snapping at their kids. They don't want to homeschool anymore. They don't want to do anything. They just, they want to give up, essentially. They find themselves, you know, eating lots of ice cream in the bathroom. I'm just saying that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a go-to. But yeah. anyways, what can someone like that do? How can they navigate this burnout that they have and get better? Right. Right. So at a time like this, investing in building your resilience is counterproductive because you just need to get out of the state that you're in right now. So first things first, the number one thing that you have to do if you are experiencing burnout and if you are aware that you're experiencing burnout, because Jamie, we could go into this whole other uh, model, the 12 stages of burnout that talks about how in the latter stages of burnout from stages six to 12, mm -hmm. your ability to uh, understand that you're going through burnout, your ability to articulate that you're experiencing burnout is diminished, especially when you're in the last two, three stages. You don't even know that you're burning out until it's far too late. And having been there myself, I can confirm that I didn't realize I was burned out until months, if not years later. Wow. So if you are aware that you're going through burnout, step number one, deload your priorities. Diminish the things that are immediate sources of stress to you, whatever they are. If you can't get rid of them completely, find ways to compartmentalize them, to defer them, to um, you know, make them smaller, to pass them on to somebody, delegate them if you can. Try to get rid of as much as possible to relinquish whatever is burdening your 24 hours a day or 168 hours a week, whatever is a toll on your mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual energy, mm -hmm. find ways to purge and get rid of things. Embrace very much the joy of missing out. And now we have, with the pandemic, the perfect excuse for that. You know, if somebody wants to jump on a call for, you know, whatever, uh, if somebody wants to meet up and, and wants to do socially distant drinks or whatnot, uh, you, you now have the ultimate excuse, which is, hey, 
you know, I'm, I'm stressed, I'm, I'm overburdened. But on top of that, like, it's just not safe for us to do this right now. Yeah. So use this as an opportunity to push away those non-essential priorities. That would be step number one. Mm-hmm. Number two would be to reconfigure your focus. So come back to that totem, come back to that quote, come back to that movie, whatever it is that grounds you in your transcendent purpose, yeah. come back to that. And so for some people, that's a vision board. For some people, that's, like I said, a movie or a song. For some people, it's their children. It's their family. Think back to whatever it is that reminds you why you're doing what you do and focus on that for a little while. Reconfigure your focus because when you're burning out, the first thing that you lose sight of is what your immediate priorities are. You, your, your, your vision becomes very uh, limited. You develop tunnel vision. You can only focus on the task at hand. So... Hmm. Find, find that North Star, find that signal in, in stormy seas and fixate on that. And then the third thing I would say, the third and last thing is assemble boundaries around the things that uh, cause you to burn out in the first place. So when you think about what's enough for you, usually you can break it down into five different categories, right? There's time-based, feeling-based, unit-based, energy-based, maybe just four actually. Mm-hmm. So decide when you know, for a very simple way to decide, you know, when a thing is going to be done. Like, let's look, use this podcast as an example. You know, Jamie, you and I could talk all day, but we would be yeah. talked out, we would be burnt out. And so yeah. how do we decide when this podcast is going to end? Well, we decided in advance that it was going to be time-based mm-hmm. and we would end this podcast in half an hour. Now I realize we're a few minutes over here, but I think <laughs> that we built that in intentionally yeah. because we also know that in addition to time-based, it's probably feeling-based. And that if we feel that it needs to go on for a little bit longer, mutually feel that way, we'll allow it to creep up a few minutes longer. But we know that either time-based or feeling-based, one way or another, it's going to end. Mm-hmm. So simply deciding that in advance put us both in the optimal headspace to enter into this interaction, feeling calm, relaxed, and ready to share and speak and listen to one another. Yes. And so something simple like that, you know, extrapolate this to every dimension of your life. What does enough look like for homeschooling your children? What does enough look like for giving yourself up to work and to chores at home? What does enough look like for every dimension of your life? Define how that project, that undertaking, that endeavor is going to end and then allow yourself time and guilt-free time to do nothing outside of those uh, and in between those, those completed whatever. I think that what happens, especially in North America, is whenever we complete a task, whenever we complete a project, whenever we get something done, we really suck at just indulging in free time. We fill our free time with more things to do. We turn our downtime into uptime like nobody I've ever seen before. It's, I think, a uniquely North American and, uh, problem. So really learn to indulge in, in the art of doing nothing That's outside beautiful. of when you've defined uh, you know, completed, completed states of, of whatever. For sure. Yeah. I feel like busyness is a sickness, you know? Ooh, that's a good one. Busyness as a sickness. Yeah. I mean, what's that saying? You can't spell busy without BS, right? It's true. (laughs) 100%. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your information with us. Um, My pleasure. I'm going to post in the show notes, your social media, where people can find you. (laughs) Obviously, if they're going to go on social media, they're only going to go and look at your stuff or because <laughs> we don't need them getting stressed. So no. Yeah. And, and if you want to see, if you want to see something interesting for the listeners, go and look at the year 2014, scroll all the way down on my feed. And I've actually left it there as sort of like a museum of burnout. You can look at the feed, the, the picture that I posted at the top of the year and look at the picture that I posted at the end of the year. 
So the one that I posted at the beginning of the year is what I looked like. And the one that at the end of the year is what I looked like. And that's the year that I burned out. They look like two different people. The one at the beginning of the year, fresh face, energetic, almost cocky. And then at the end of the year, sunken eyes, wrinkles that magically popped out of nowhere, totally shallow expression, uh, you know, just completely gaunt and, uh, you know, a shell of my former self. So check that out. That's amazing. All right. So hopefully the listeners will go check that out. And I'm also going to put a link in the show notes for your book uh, where they can buy it, The Burnout Gamble, because uh, I think it's a good read. I think it'll really be beneficial for all of our parents to hop into that. And, you know, instead of sitting on social media, they can open the book when they want to be entertained, but also relaxed. So thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. You are my pleasure. My favorite guest so far. (laughs) (laughs) Let me know if that still stands 50 episodes later, but uh, (laughs) I'm more than happy to come back on and and, and do a sequel, do as many of these as possible. I've really enjoyed my time here with you. Uh, You've got some very thought provoking, challenging questions. And, uh, you know, to all the parents out there who are listening to this, Uh, You are enough. You've always been enough. You will always be enough. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you so much for listening to the Schoolio podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Hey, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the Schoolio podcast so you never miss a fresh episode. It's as simple as going to your favorite podcast streaming app and clicking subscribe. Once you've subscribed, we would absolutely love if you could leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know if we're helping. Let us know if you have a topic idea. If you leave a review and we read it on the show, you'll be entered in to win a prize from Schoolio. Oh, and I almost forgot. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Schoolio.